Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. And Lord, we thank you that you sent your son, our precious Lord Jesus Christ, and that he tasted hell for us. And Lord, it said he came to undo all the works of the enemy. So Lord, we're here tonight, led by your Holy Spirit, filled with your Holy Spirit, to make the enemy bow his knee to the name of Jesus And Lord, I thank you that people are going to get set free and delivered tonight by the mighty name of Jesus because of the blood of the Lamb. And we give you praise, Father, for your great wisdom of wanting us to be free. We love you. And Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to come in a powerful way and set people free in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Always come expecting to leave free. Amen. You need to wake up every day with an expectation. You've got to walk in hope. Amen. Hope is I earnestly expect that God is going to do something tonight. If you don't walk in hope, you're double-minded, which means, well, if he wants to, maybe he will. And and I'm just going to say this. This is not about if God wants to. Amen? Jesus Christ died a painful death, was suffered, tormented, tortured, went to hell, everything. That's how much he wants to set you free. That's how much he wants you healed. That's how much he wants you whole. That's how much he doesn't want you afraid of anything that's going on in the world. He wants you healed. Do not agree with the enemy ever again about it being God's will or are you waiting on, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Amen. God is waiting on you. Everything Jesus had to do for you to be free was done 2,000 years ago. Everything you need to enforce that was poured out at Pentecost, and his name is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one who enforces what Jesus Christ paid to do. Amen? And our part is to just believe. Believe that God is greater. Quit believing that the devil of sickness, the devil of dementia, the devil of arthritis and diabetes and the devil of mental illness quit thinking that that devil does not have to bow to the name of Jesus Christ and you need to get your mouth lined up with truth amen some of you I'm just going to tell you there's no way you can be healed because you undo everything you say in faith you undo the first time you talk to somebody the first time the devil shows up i want you to get this if you kept score if you kept score all right so you put okay i spoke god's word bing i spoke god's word i said what he said i said but then you're on the phone and you say i don't know boom just just erase that one oh just erase that one just erase that one just erase that one pretty soon you got more for what the devil's doing Amen? 
Okay, let me tell you, it's not a maybe. It's a spiritual law. It's as much a law as gravity, all right? Is there anybody in this room who thinks that you can go on top of this roof and jump off and you're not going to fall down? How many believe with all faith that if you jump off this roof, you're going to go down? Why? Why do you know that? How do you, you never jumped off this roof before. How do you know you're going to go down? Because you just know there is a, there is a law of gravity and, and anybody I've ever seen jump off of something goes down. Amen? Well, when you are born again in the kingdom of God, you now have spiritual laws. They are as real and eternal as natural law. Amen? The difference is they can only work in your life by faith. Okay? I just want everybody to get that. Nothing works in the kingdom of God except by faith. Now, Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth and he could have ministers who sometimes get to this place, he can, they can be moved with compassion and enter into a situation where there isn't faith and change that situation. Amen? But when you're born again with God's spirit living in you and you've had this much word of God, you should begin to say what he says and believe what he says. And you need to quit compromising about it. Amen? We're living in the end days. Does everybody know that? This is not the time to be wishy-washy. This is the time to get kind of excited to overcome the things you've had in your life too long. If you don't do this God's way, it's not going to work. Amen? And if you do this God's way, led by his Holy Spirit, believe in his word, it can't fail. It's already established. That's why I'm not afraid of a virus. I'm not afraid of laying hands on people with tuberculosis. I'm not afraid to go wherever he calls me to go. And I'm asking him to make that not just when I'm in another nation, not just when I'm in a scary situation. I want to live in that every single day. Amen. I just believe it. Can you all believe? So, so the biggest thing to fight when you want to get free from unclean spirits, remember unclean spirits, that's what we've been talking about. We'll be dealing with everything that talks about a demonic spirit every scripture about it. And um, most of the spirits that the word of God talks about are called unclean. Now, in our culture, we think instantly of sexual sin and sexual perversion. But the word unclean actually just means impure, unholy. Basically, not, basically it means it's a spirit that has fallen. It's not an angelic spirit that hasn't fallen. Amen? Okay, so, so then the only other names, when you see the name foul spirit, it's actually the exact same word for unclean. I don't know why the translator decided to call it foul, but it's the same thing. So we're not looking at a truckload of different spirits. Amen? And the only other, few, there's a spirit of infirmity, which is a spirit who brings sickness. And then there's the deaf and dumb spirit that are mentioned, which I mean, you know, all of these would still be considered unclean spirits, Right? So I want you to get it. Unclean spirits are spirits that are operating in the demonic realm, unlike angelic spirits that are operating led by Holy Spirit, led by God. Amen? So, so we don't get so uh, tied up and all that. But let's see everything. So how many guys, how many did you guys do the work? Did you do the worksheet last week and look at the, um, the strong man? Okay, you, I believe you need to get understand what the strong man is so last week we went over and i think we've got worksheets on that 
But if you look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means Holy Spirit is your strong man. Amen. If you have this strong fruit in your life, it means the Holy Spirit has built his house in you and he's operating in you and he's not letting anybody in. Amen. He's not letting anybody in. And it's love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long suffering and patience. Amen. Well, if you want to see the fruit of if the strong man in you is not Holy Spirit because you had it since you were a child or there's always a struggle in your life. If there's a struggle in your life between what God says and what the enemy is saying, if the, it's because you've yet to overcome the strong man that you had in your life before you found Christ. And Holy Spirit is always in there trying to build you up in your most holy faith so you can take that enemy down. Amen? And we, we are the ones that decide. I just want to know, you decide if you're sick. You decide if, you're, if you don't have enough money. You decide by what you believe. And it's not what you believe in your head. That's the hard part. It's what you believe in your heart. That's the spiritual part. So when people just try to make you believe in your head, a lot of times you get pretended faith. They know what's right. They know what to say, but it hasn't gotten into their hearts. That's the part that bugs everybody because you can't make something get in your heart. Can you? Why can't you make something get in your heart? Because it's spiritual. The only way to get something in your heart is to seriously believe with your heart which is why no one can get saved unless the Holy Spirit's drawing them. No one can get saved except supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. When that happens, then there, you can't be saved if at one part in point in your life you didn't believe with your heart. Amen? The minute you can believe with your heart, you're saved. Okay, you get that? So the same way you got saved is the way you get healed. It's the way you get delivered. It's the way you overcome. You believe with your heart. And people who just believe with their minds, they have the right answers. They can even get so uh, religious about it. We call it a, a Pharisee spirit, which can actually bring uh, death instead of life. In other words, people don't want anything to do with your Christianity. You say all the right things, but your heart's not right. Okay? So we want to be born again of the Spirit of God, and we want to have ears to hear what he's saying. So that's one reason we've been dealing with going after the strong man from our past. Now, it doesn't mean everybody still has a strong man. Thank God. Amen. It could be that you have the weakest little strong man just hiding down in the basement. And because you never recognized it, you never completely destroyed it. And so that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So one thing when I was talking about it, look and the, I believe this, I can't prove this through scripture, but every, I do, you can't prove through scripture that every person has a guardian angel. Amen? Every person has an, an angel assigned to them. Um, I know at birth, it probably is at conception, but every single person. Isn't that cool? Even every unbeliever. Amen? Even every unbeliever. And so I believe that there's a possibility that the demons can see who's been assigned to you. Remember, they're fallen angels, right? And they're like, oh, why is that one assigned to that person? 
they must have a calling to serve God like this. And so the enemy's going to come in to do what he can to make sure that God's plan for you, for his glory, doesn't happen. And he can begin by what he gets your parents to say about you. He can begin, he, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He, sometimes he kills people's parents so they're orphaned. He, you get what I'm saying? It's a real strategic plan, you guys. It's not a hit and miss. There's a real devil. He wants to be your creator. Amen. He can't really create anything. So he wants to pervert everything about your life. He is the one who gets you abused. He is the one who gets you uh, screamed at by a parent. He is the one who gets you beaten or hit or amen. So there's an evil spirit who's constantly, constantly trying to make you hate yourself. He wants you to hate yourself. He wants you to hate others. He wants you to hate God. He just wants you full of hate. Why? Because God is love. All right? And don't pretend Satan hasn't done a pretty darn good job on planet Earth. Look at the world we're living in right now. So you really have to, to be able to separate what the enemy has done from who God says that you are. Amen? Now, I know I said this on Sunday morning. I'm going to say this because I've had a few people with a few uh, wrong thinking. And I'll do some teaching on this. I think it's awesome when God comes and delivers somebody with a supernatural encounter. Amen? You don't usually want to go through what that person went through. And when you look at the Bible, and I'm going to study this out sometime, but I don't see very many casual encounters with God, even in the New Covenant. Amen? Most of, the, most of the time, like Paul, when he was Saul, had a powerful encounter with God. It scared him pretty bad, didn't it? And he died for Christ. He was persecuted. He lived a life where if anybody was going to walk away from God, you'd almost think it would be him. But he had those powerful encounters of God. So I wouldn't be crying out for encounters. I think I'd let God be in charge of that. Amen? You don't have Moses saying, give me an encounter. You didn't have Paul saying, give me an encounter. Amen. To him's given much, much is required. Now, God has given every one of us his word. Amen. And I'm just going to say this. His word is who he is. His word, he puts his word above his name. It's a wicked generation that looks for a sign. You could actually say it's a wicked generation that expects an encounter. Am I not saying that God's not going to touch you? And No, I'm saying quit looking for it. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. So when Satan could, when you look at somebody else and how God's working in their life, and their, how many know my biggest encounter with God was right before my daughter's funeral? I'm not sitting there begging for another encounter. Amen. It was wonderful. It was glorious. Thank God for it. And, it. and he called me to ministry. Amen? But it's, I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of the stuff that's going on in the body of Christ with all this encounter teaching and all, I, I don't know that it's real. I do not see the fruitfulness. Now, I do in some people's lives. But look what the per people go through and for what God does to reach them. 
And then if they don't receive that at that point, they're probably going to hell. Amen? Does everybody get what I'm saying? Quit envying how God is working in somebody else's life and start thanking him for how he's working in yours. You can only, only, every single time, guaranteed way, enter his courts with what? Thanksgiving and praise. So if you're not entering to his courts, you're not thankful and you're not praising. And it's not like it's not like a secret code to get in for a minute while your heart is full of hate and your heart is full of anger and your heart is anything but thankful towards God. Amen. And just the night the Lord took my sorrow and grief. Okay, like the worst day of my life. I made myself thank him. And I know it was biblical that I had an encounter because I did it God's way. And I thanked him. I didn't want to, th- I, I, I did want to thank him, to be honest, because I, I, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know how we were going to make it through life. How was my family going to stay together? How was I going to handle another day? People, it was so hard just losing my little dog. I can't do anything but thank God for getting me through the death of Lauren. I hope I never take that casual. I hope I never, ever take casual the awesome grace of God to get me through something like that. And not just through it, but in a way to glorify him. Amen? This is about him. This is not really about us. This is about what is he doing and what has he done to bring him glory. Amen? This isn't about a happy, good feeling. It's a wicked generation that looks for a sign. It's a wicked generation that looks for a sign. And how many can say we are living in the wicked generation and the young people, they are really a part of the wicked generation. But God wants to raise up a holy remnant in that generation. And he's going to do powerful things to raise them up. But how many know we are to do it his way according to his word? Amen? And yes, he gives encounters, but he gives them. Show me one scripture where they're asking for one. It's usually a pretty big surprise, isn't it? Mary was really, so I have to say, Mary got an encounter by an angel about going to have Christ, and then she had an encounter by the Holy Spirit, right? Well, thank God she did get one that wasn't um, really bad news, right? You know, at the same time, she had to watch him die like that. That was her son. Besides being the son of God, it was her son. And she already knew she hid those things in her heart. But she had to walk through that. She had to walk through watching him being beaten in the blood. If you watch The Passion of Christ, just, come on, how many could even imagine, I mean, being just what the people right now in Afghanistan, the Christians are going through watching with their kids. Horrible, isn't it? Sometimes they think what you watch your kids go through, I believe with all my heart, would be harder than what you would go through. Amen? And so we just have to see this isn't about this life. This is about finding Jesus Christ in this life. And then how many know we're going to be okay forever? Amen? We're going to be okay forever. And we've, we've got to get the mindset of what this is about and what God's doing. And we need to get these ungrateful 
unclean spirits out of our thinking. Amen? Out of everything to do with our lives. We need to hate what God hates. God hates murmuring. Okay, just so you know, he hates murmuring. Look what happened to Moses because the people started murmuring. Listen, I don't know why. Why did he take us out here to die? I don't know why he just doesn't take me home. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Stop it. Like, take the key. <laughs> just close it up and stop it. Okay, I, I, I don't even want to give any more attention to your murmurings for those who murmur. Well, I, okay, because all it does is not help you. It doesn't help you. It enables you to get out of God's will and to lose your sound mind. It enables you. The church needs to grow up. You're not helping somebody listening to all their murmurings against God. Against their life. How many know the, the American church may be getting ready to go through some hard stuff? So far, it hasn't personally touched any of us, really, praise God. And maybe it won't. But is there anybody who hasn't gone through a trial that's been pretty hard? This is a group that's gone through a lot of trials. And most of us, for the most part, are laughing. There are a lot of people now here. There are a lot of people now who are hiding out at home. They don't realize. And I'll just tell you, you love watching us, praise God. You're not part of the fellowship anymore. The Bible says, do not forsake the fellowshipping together of the believers in the last days. So you are disobedient and you're out of his will. If you could be here and you choose not to be here. I mean, I'm talking to those who don't come at all. I think it's awesome that some people, you know, they decide to come. We have three meetings a week minimum. And some people come to all three and some people come to two. And if you come to one, but at least come to church once a week to see people. Amen. And so you're hiding. The, the unclean spirits are winning. And God's not being glorified. Amen. So we need to, we want to, don't you want to be an overcomer? You're going to get, the devil's going to kick the tar to you in these days. If you don't choose to be an overcomer. Amen. It's a choice. It's a choice to get free from unclean stuff. It's a choice to agree with God. All right. So, so let's just start with, if you want to get free from unclean spirits and any spirit, you've got to agree with God. Can I, can I just make it really simple for you? Your flesh doesn't want to agree with God when you're going through something hard. When you have pain, when somebody's hurt you, when somebody's left you, when uh, things aren't going smooth, your flesh and your carnal mind wants to have a pity party. And it wants to invite people to the pity party. And most people, if you're Christians, most of your friends are Christians. So you want to invite a bunch of Christians to your pity party. Well, it's a pity. <laughs> Amen. Throw away your invitations and change it to a celebration. Get up in the morning declaring what God says until your spirit gets stronger than your wimpy flesh. Amen? Because the key to this is having your spirit man stronger 
That was impossible until you get born again. Once you're born again, you can handle your health issues. You're going to have to tell your flesh, I'm not eating that sugar anymore. You're going to have to tell your flesh, get your tennis shoes on. We're going for a walk. And quit blaming it on everybody and everything else. Well, you don't know my genes. Well, I have the genes of my daddy God. Amen? You are exactly what you have chosen to be in some degree. Now, I'm not saying certain people aren't struggling with different things. Where It's unwise to compare yourself to others. I'm not comparing myself to you. I'm just telling you his word works. Amen? His word works for everything. His word works Led by his spirit. When you believe in your heart that tithing is going to stop the devourer. When you believe in your heart that tithing is going to stop the devourer. It stops the devourer. So while everybody else is wondering, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? You just know this. I'm just tithing and God's going to take care of me. It's, it's his problem to figure out how. It's mine to follow. What do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? How do you want me to do it? Amen. He is my strategist. Amen. God is my strategist. And, and I'm, I'm dying more every day. Like, show me how to do this. You know, and I've got to say this. Do you realize how much peace we all have? Do you know most of the world out there is crazy? Or they're, else, they're either crazy acting or they're totally purposely blocking everything out. Well, I don't want to be naive. Amen. The Bible says to know the schemes of the enemy. The Bible says be aware what the devil's up to. Our nation would not be in this mess if, if the church would take that serious. Amen? And, and I don't know about you. I do wake up in the middle of the night praying. I mean, I almost wake up about 4.30 in the morning, about every single night or morning, depending if you're night. For a night person, that's still night. For a morning person, that's morning. <laughs> for me, that's night still. But every time I'm, I start praying right away for, for serious stuff, serious stuff is on my heart. The stuff about the Afghanistan, it's on my heart. Amen. The stuff about our nation, the stuff about uh, the true president, the stuff about um, what the enemy's trying to do in this nation, the stuff about the church not even seeing most of it and being asleep, and the, the stuff about trying to cause our children to hate each other and to stir up racism and get all the devil back in charge of this nation it, it's just it, it weighs heavy on my spirit there's times when jesus says his spirit is heavy he says he groans because his spirit is heavy if that's not happening at all in your life right now you're probably just thinking about you you probably don't understand that this is truly a time that the Holy Spirit is calling us to intercede. He's calling us to rise up. He's calling us to say what he says. He's not calling us just to watch itchy ear preaching, okay? I, I want a well-balanced diet of the things of God, amen? Amen? So I do, listen to, I do listen to some of the prophets who are yay, hurrah, hurrah. Thank God. Thank God for their hope, amen? Um, it'd be nice if some of these things had come to pass. Can I get an Amen. Am I giving up on God? No. Do I still believe that God's going to bring these things to pass? I do. I don't think it's going to be nothing. I, th I think it's a great shaking is going on. I personally don't think things will ever go back to what they were. But I do believe that God knew all that when he brought this shaking. Amen. I do believe there's going to come an apostolic outpouring in this. 
that's going to be amazing for the people who are prepared to receive it and to walk in it. You are in preparation for that. Whatever thing you're trying to overcome, whether it's a wall that you have against relationships, whether it's sickness in your body, whether it's torment in your mind, whether it's um, family issues and nobody's saved and they're all messed up in your family, I want everybody to look and see what is it that I'm still fighting that I haven't overcome. What, what, what am I still fighting that I haven't overcome? And begin to get serious about winning those battles. Amen? Th- those are practice for us. Those are practice for us. And it can be all different things. It's, you know, everybody, I look around, and a lot of people's stories in here. I don't know who's watching. There'll be a couple thousand who'll watch this before this is done. So I don't know what everybody's going through. But it's time to get the revelation This is going to be my breakthrough year in this. Now, how many here have had at least a serious breakthrough in some area of your life? And and you know it was spiritual, and you know you prayed, and you know you did it God's way, and you kind of learned some things about God and how to be closer to him. Amen? Okay, you need to start applying all of that to whatever attack is is happening in your family now. How I many of Satan does it? Just because you went through something once, has anybody learned he does? Satan doesn't just go away and say, I tried. Now, don't grow weary in good doing so you can reap. How many would say the hardest, I believe the most difficult trials to stand and believe um, is when you've been in a trial a very long time? Amen. How many have the same trial and it's been quite a few years? If you look at it, most of you are still facing the same giant, aren't you? Okay, that's a pretty good indicator there's a strong man that you haven't bound yet. There's a strong man that you haven't seen yet to go in and take authority over in Jesus' name. Amen? So don't give up. Let's get it done. Amen? Let's get it done. What is the enemy? The Lord showed me the church is, and we're going to pray this on Friday, the church is missing it trying to fight COVID. The spirit to fight is the, the Pharaoh spirit, the spirit of control, Antichrist. And so as soon as, if we keep fighting each little thing that comes, especially the next one's going to come. And the ne- we've got to get free from trying to control other people. The church has got to get free from covering doctrine. And I'm going to say it. Lord, you better say it. Amen. Who, are, who is a fivefold leadership to act as if they hear God better than people? I, I, I'll just, you know, there's not one single leader in the new covenant. Not one from Paul to any of them, who acts like they hear God better than everybody else. Is there? And actually, if you really study their lives and you study the new covenant and the stories there, Paul's going through stuff. He's got prophets come up warning him, amen, of things he didn't see. And then he takes it to the Lord. He makes a decision based on that. Amen. 
I mean, it's really, go read the book of Acts and see what this is, looks like. And that's where we're living now. That's where we're living now. Amen? I do believe the scriptures that before the return of Christ, the spirit of Elijah is going to come and return the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers because it's prophesied, right? So I do believe there's a spirit of Elijah that's just hitting the prophetic movement. And I'll be honest, it's in a really immature place right now. Can I get an amen? But it's here. Amen. So thank God. And if you start to look, even with what's happened in our nation, it's amazing how many families are getting back together. It's amazing how a lot of unimportant, busy things and people not being involved in things has gone to the wayside. Amen. I believe part of that is the stirring of the spirit of Elijah that's going to come before Christ returns. I do believe with that, it's preparing us for an apostolic outpouring of power like we've never seen before. At the same time, we are in the new covenant. And in the new covenant, in the old covenant, he didn't say, my sheep hear my voice and they're not going to follow another. Amen? In the old covenant, the prophets heard his voice and the people followed the prophets. Amen? In the old covenant, there were certain people who, well, it was really the prophets. Even the King David heard from the prophets, right? In the new covenant, it actually says, my sheep hear my voice, and they're not going to follow another. So in the new covenant, we recognize the leader, the different, the apostles, that God's going to really begin to bring on the scene, the prophets, the um teachers, the pastors, and the evangelists. Amen. We recognize our anointed of God. We recognize our spirit man goes yes, yes when they're saying something that's of God. But if my spirit man isn't going yes, yes, you can give me your title as much as you want and I'm not agreeing with you if, if my spirit man who's talking with God is not agreeing. Boy, we got so much to do to grow, make everybody grow up, don't we? So I'm like, Lord, show me. Show me Jesus saying this. Show me this in Scripture. Jesus is God, amen? And everybody realized Jesus was still operating under the old covenant as a teacher, as a prophet, amen? And he also was the first apostle. It was the first time you see the word apostle was applied to Jesus. How cool is that? Amen? So we want to get rid of these unclean spirits. We don't, we don't want, I don't want you guys spending the next two or three years going through the same stuff and never entering into what God's called us to be alive in this hour for. Amen? So I want you to scrape, just scrap, just get rid of the thinking of I've been fighting this for years and roll up your sleeves and say, no, I'm getting it this time. I'm getting it. I'm going to deal with it. Lord, open, where I'm, open my eyes where I'm blind. I don't see things. Help me to hear what you want me to hear. Help me to get free from lies. Just set me free. Amen? How many know he's the one who has to set you free? But it's for freedom that he, it's for freedom that he sets us free. He wants us free. Okay, does everybody get that? He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you free. He wants to bring forth every promise he's given you. He, he, he's, he's, he loves you. He wants us to shine. He wants us to be the people who aren't afraid. That's why when I look at these Christian gatherings now, 
and and I see um, the different ones while everybody's hiding and wearing masks. I like seeing the groups of people without masks. Amen. Because they're not falling into this lie that that's first of all. I, I gotta anyway. Medically, there's a more on the side of a mask is not a good protection um, against any kind of real virus. It just makes people feel safer than they are, to be quite honest. Just stay out of spitting range, everybody. I mean, if you want to be, I mean, that's science. Stay out of spitting range, because that's what they'll say, is a mask is to stop you from spitting on somebody and from them spitting on you. <laughs> Has nothing to do with particles going through the mask. Nothing. So, and that's, that's everybody's science, okay? So, so we have to get to this place. But I love that we are supposed to be the people who aren't afraid, and we're supposed to be the people who the diseases that comes on the Egyptians doesn't come on us. So, so we got to get to the place and say, how do I get to that place? How do I get to the place where that's not pretended faith when I think like that? How do I get to that place where it's really real? Does anybody want to know? Aren't, aren't you excited about finding out? And it's listening to God and walking with God and getting rid of the wrong attitudes and getting rid of the haughty spirit and getting rid of the, the reason the church is being so hit with this, I believe, and pointed out is because we've been so haughty about it for most parts or so afraid of it. The thing you fear most comes on you, spiritual law. And then what does it say? Um, God can't give anything to the, the God. Double-minded, but also the prideful, the haughty. To the humble. What's humble? Well, humble would be you'd wear the mask if the Lord puts on your heart to wear the mask. Or if you want to wear it, you say, but you're doing it because you care about what the other person's fear. Like, I don't want them to be afraid. I know this doesn't make sense, but they don't want to be afraid. So, Lord, I'm just going to humble myself and do this so they won't be afraid. Right now, I, I kind of, I don't say I love all this, but isn't it interesting right now? I've never seen anything in, in history where every single thing you do is really a test, in a sense, from God as to what's going on in your heart. Is it fear? Is it control? Is it humility? Is it pride? Isn't it amazing? I, I've never, ever lived in anything like this where everybody at one time is being tested. And there's a lot of pride. Well, I read this in my research and I wouldn't do this no matter what. What if God tells you to? The people in captivity did all kinds of things they haven't wanted to do. The people in the Bible did all kinds of things they didn't want to do. Do you think that Daniel and those guys wanted to go in captivity? Amen. Do you think those people in, this, in the book of Revelations that are being uh, murdered for the gospel wants to be murdered? Amen. Can everybody wake up and see God is dealing with our pride? Pride goes before destruction. 
Haughtiness goes before a fall. Well, I would never do I would never take the vax or I would never wear a mask. That's haughty. Who are you to say what you would or wouldn't do? Who are you to say that? It's actually very prideful. I'm just being honest. This is what I was planning on preaching. It's prideful for you to decide what you're going to do and not do. It's prideful. God decides. He may want you to have that job because he knows who he's bringing to you. He knows who you're going to help. He knows how you're going to help them. And you get into pride and all of a sudden you lose that job and you're right outside of God's will. He might want you to humble yourself. The Bible says become all things to all people so that they might get saved. He might want you to put that mask on your little face when you're talking to your client. That has nothing to do with the governor or CDC or anybody else. Let's see if this one gets in there. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? God's going to be going, they are so fighting the wrong battle. Quit fighting the wrong battles. Some of you, if you haven't overcome these big things in your life, you're fighting the wrong battle. You're fighting a symptom of something. You're fighting the little thing of something. Step back from it. All right, step back from it and say, what is it that I'm really, what is the strong man that needs to be bound? Is it, is it pride? Is it hurt? What is it? What's, who am I really fighting? See, I had to find out in my life that I was really fighting a spirit that wanted to make me um, uh, false. He wanted to make me mean. He wanted to, he, he saw, I believe that the enemy saw the call in my life. I believe the enemy knew the voice that God was going to give me, the teaching and things. And so the enemy's like, well, let's wear her out. Let's keep her, you know, let's make her try to get ahead of the timing of for what God has. Does anybody know that God still has a really big thing for me to do? Amen. For his glory. And seriously, it took this long to get me this old to, to not need it to feel better about myself. I, I only want it for one reason, because I want to glorify him. And I know he's given me a lot. Amen. I know he has. But I had to go through, actually, I, loving him's been easy, but loving people, like really irritating people. Not that I'm talking about any of you. Amen. And you've had to go through taking it, whatever package it came in, to hear some truth to set you free. Amen. God's having us, iron sharper. He, he wants to see what real church is going. How many know the underground church looks like a real church? They're not having a fancy church service. They're having sincere worship of God, sincere feeling the presence of God, sincere praying for each other, sincerely helping people get free. Amen. And maybe that maybe that's going to come. It, it kind of came to America last year, didn't it? So, so God, he, he's bringing us to this maturity. He's bringing us to maturity. You are going to get that strong man out of your life. If it's poor me, nobody ever loves me. Nobody ever take care of me. And that's what, what has been pounded in you your whole life. Okay. It's mainly one big thing. But there's all these little parts to it, all these different fruits to it. Rejection. You're bad. What is it? Because as we get rid of these unclean spirits, because remember, we're going to plunder this house. 
deliverance is plundering the house to get down to the strong man. Amen? That's why we repent of this. That's why we see this. That's why we hate this. And then we understand it. So we're not afraid of going back to it. Amen? You know, um, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. I just want to put, there's so many people who, who, who I just, we've got to get biblical. I am a plumb line teacher. Amen? I, it's got to be in the word. And I study the word. God's putting me back in Bible school. I'm, I'm in graduate Bible school right now. He told me to study every single thing about Moses. And let me tell you, and he said, don't think you're going to preach this in one week. I may never preach it. It may be just he's teaching me. But I'm going to tell you what. Moses is talked about in the Bible more than anyone else. I think 700 and some times his name is there. Four books, four whole books, all about Moses and what God showed Moses. He's in the Psalms. He's in the New Testament in at least uh, four or five more chapters. Jesus talks about him. And then you really look at what happened. Moses didn't get in the promised land. I think, I think there's some extremely good examples of how to win in the, in the time we're living in as a church in the wilderness. And I want to get in the promised land. Amen. But Joshua got in because Joshua didn't criticize Moses. Joshua respected Moses and learned from Moses' mistakes. And then Moses did get to come at transfiguration and get in the promised land that way. Amen. How cool is that? So, that, so if we really want to look at the Moses story, which I think we're supposed to, that we need to really figure out where we're really at. And we need to see what was God looking at in those people? What was he doing? If we, let's, let's say we cross the Red Sea. If we've crossed the Red Sea. To get to the point of crossing the Red Sea, we have to, we have to trust that someone's hearing God and we've got to go in that direction. And then when you need an unbelievable miracle, do you know, the Red Sea got down to this, there's no turning back. And then once they got across, the next 40 years was getting the devil out of them. And they didn't go in the promised land except the younger generation. So do you call that a waste? No, because they were learning who God was. They were, they, one thing it shows you about the wilderness, which is where they went, you guys, they didn't get in the promised land. Once they got in the wilderness, they had to see how much of the ways of the world were in them. Do you think maybe America, the church is seeing how much of the ways of the world is in her? Let me say, those who are seeing that are ahead in this curve. <laughs> Amen. Some aren't even there yet. Some aren't even there to see, Lord, you know, do I have fear about this? Am I haughty about this? Am I prideful about this? What is going on? I just want you to see God is wanting the church to deal with her strong, with the strong men. Amen. From generational curses. Every nation has different strong men. Every culture has different strong men. So I want you to really spend some time on that workbook. Do you hate your skin color. 
I mean, you got to get down. If, if you're black and you live in America and you're an older than you, <laughs> we got your generation loving your skin color. But your generation, your generation, your generation, your, your generation. Y'all were in a culture that told you you shouldn't love yourself, especially Marion's generation. So you got to go deep and say, man, the devil was trying to make me hate myself and then hate God for making me like this or for putting me in this nation. Right? So you got to go deep and say, okay, do I hate myself? Do I have a strong man that's been planted in me from early fear-based and, and things that were happening to make me hate myself. See, we got an entire generation just going into the school systems being taught how to hate right now. We got an entire generation now trying to cause those of Caucasian skin to hate themselves. And I'm going to tell you something. If we don't get free from self-hate, and if we don't get free from how we've handled self-hate, then we're not going to be powerful in our prayers to stop all of that. See, when I went through something so difficult as my daughter dying, there's nothing in me that wants anybody to ever go through that. So if you went through something so horrible as true racism that made you hate yourself, and if you know God, there should be nothing in you that wants anybody to ever go through that. And if that's not true, you need to deal with it that freedom. There's what I'm saying. See, there's so much more to tear out of unclean stuff in all of us just from living in the world. Amen? There's so much to deal with with racism that's real that the church has to deal with the world. The world can't deal with any of this. Do y'all get that? We're the only ones. We're the only ones who can separate who God says we are and agree with him from what the world has tried to tell us, whichever way that is. We're the only ones who can sit there and say, is there bitterness in my heart? Am I jealous? And Satan can use us with anything. He can use us if you're female and every, you lived in a man's world or if you would, look how messed up everything is because the church won't deal with her mess. Amen? And you know what? At this point, it's not funny. It's not funny all these kids being lied to, all these kids being hurt, all these kids trying to, trying to make, do y'all get it? There's an extremely wicked generation when Christ returns. And we are watching America try to produce that wicked generation. And people forced to be a part of it as teachers and doctors and, and professors and counselors. And so we've got to get our hearts right to handle the persecution, but to do this thing the way God wants us to. Is this making sense to anybody? You know, everybody wants this real quick answer in an altar call. There's no quick answers in an altar call. Amen? There's, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. You want to get rid of those str the strong man in your life that's trying to make you into what the devil wants you to be? Then you're going to have to bind him. In other words, okay, I take authority 
whatever it is. So, so for mine, mine was that, that, that I was told by someone who had the demonic spirit on them, you're going to be just like me. They never said it when they were about anything good. They never said it about how much fun they could be. They never said it about how everybody thought they were so pretty. They never said it about that. It was only when they were being hateful. It was only when they were screaming and yelling and cussing. And as soon as that episode would happen, they would look at me with a weird voice and say, you know, that only happens between me and you because you're just like me. I'm like, that was a devil. That was a devil. And it made that other person feel bad too. And God's healed all that. And actually that person's doing great. Praise God. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Who spoke into your life that had some authority to make you what the devil wants you to be? Because that's going to start to show you. What at an early age was that happening? Because that's going to begin to show you the strong man. Amen? So if I'm going to bind the strong, I'm going to say, you know what? Mm. To bind that strong man, get this. To bind that strong man, because I've been reading those scriptures like, I don't get this quite. To bind, to bind the strong man says, I'm making him ineffective. I'm making you ineffective, devil. You will not have somebody say I'm mean and I believe it. It's not happening. I bind you. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. God's going to convict me, not somebody else being led by whatever to try to put that on me. Some of you, it's the enemy saying you're stupid or, you know, nobody. Do you understand? Do you get what I'm saying? So how are you going to bind that strong? I, I know we're saying on this topic long. You know why? Because I've never heard it taught this deep. We just kind of do it like a cute little thing. I just bind you. No, to bind it means to make it of no effect. What was the devil trying to make you into? Someone who felt like you were ugly? Someone who felt like you, were, you weren't healthy? Someone who made you feel like you were fat? Someone to make you feel like you were too skinny? Someone to make you feel like you weren't manly enough or female enough? Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says we have to bind that thing before we can plunder its house. Can everybody get what I'm saying? Then look at your children. What has been said to them? What has the enemy used in you to say that to them? That's a good place to say, God, forgive me. Break the power of it. Does everybody get what I'm saying? See, we got to do this. We really got to do this. Because the Bible says you're not going to go in there and plunder his house until you bind him. I wasn't planning on preaching this again, but God's not letting go because y'all aren't binding this thing or you'd be getting free. What is it? What is it that the enemy was determined to get down to the core of who you thought you were? Does anybody know? Write it on that thing if you know. And it's probably going to be more than one thing around it. But what was the one thing that the enemy would say to you in your face? That, that, that right now, if something kind of close to that tries to trigger it. You're, like, you're so bad. Or you'll never be righter. Do you get what I'm saying? All those evil things that came against you. I want you to just kind of blow those away. Find out what devil there, that false creator, that strong man, and bind him. Which means this is not going to affect me anymore. 
I'm not going to feel rejected if my child does this. I'm not going to get all upset if somebody tries to control me. I'm not going, I'm recognizing it now. That strong man's going to be ineffective. And then I'm just going to throw out his stuff left and right. Break the power of that. Cancel that. That can't happen. Get out, devil. Amen? Has anybody had some breakthrough in this? Come on. I think everyone in here could give a one word. You might not be positive that's the strong man. He could, he could be more than one thing. Amen? But most of you have a pretty strong indicator. He wanted you to feel like you were what? Not loved. No matter what, you'll never be loved. No matter how hard you try, no matter how pretty you are, no matter how many children you have to love you, no matter how much you serve and serve and serve, no matter how much you pour out, you'll never be loved. It's a life in the pit of hell. Feel it. So you have to bind that thing. Devil, I bind you. You are going to be ineffective of making me feel unloved. You're not ordering my steps, what I do, how I do it, how I try to make people love me. I don't have to make people love me. I am loved by God, and I am loved by people who know him, and even people who don't know him. I am loved the best that they can know how to love. And then you start plundering that house. Then you go after, God, I really forgive this person who made me feel like I had to jump through all these hoops to be loved. They didn't know what they were doing. And then you take all this stuff. Do you guys know how much good teaching you have that has to get to the body? That some really overcomers are going to stand up and say, come in my group, because we're going to get to this fast. We're not going to take the 20-year route. Amen? Who else? Yes. You're not going to mount anything. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you fail, you're a failure. No one's ever going to, you'll just never add up to anything. You'll never have anything. You'll never have, and then the enemy steals your family. The enemy steals your this. He tries to steal your jobs. He makes you angry. And deep down in all these things, get it, get this. Deep, deep down, the lie is it's all God's fault. And that's bitterness. Was it? The, the love of money and bitterness are the only two roots of evil. When you say root, it's something that goes deep, 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 deep into every part of your life. So we're just going to break that bitter thing off. First of all, you've got to bind that thing. Which means, okay, God, I come before you. And I agree with you. I'm going to be, I am your son. This is for you. I am your son. My dad is God. I've already done. I've already done the main thing human beings were put on the earth for. I found Jesus Christ as Lord. I have accomplished more than some of the most brilliant scientists, philosophers, teachers, preachers. I've, I've accomplished what I was put on the earth to accomplish. I found you, Jesus Christ, as Lord. 
So I break the power of these lies that I'll never mount anything. I have already amounted to becoming a child of God. So Satan, I bind you. You shut up. You won't judge me anymore. You won't talk to me anymore. You won't have authority of what I do and don't do. And I'm going to plunder that house until I tear it all the way down. Tonight, the scripture we were going to look at, which I don't think we're going to get to, is the one about he comes back. And is it swept clean and decorated? You would think it should be swept clean and decorated. Especially if you like going to home goods. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. The truth is, it's got to be gone. It's got to be gone. He can't find it. He has to come back and say, what happened to that person? He looked kind of like him, but remember he was going to amount to nothing. Gosh, this guy, he, he loves his life. He loves his job. He loves his friends. He loves everything he's doing. He loves God. He, he identifies as a son of God. The devil is like, he, he has authority over demons. That can't be him. Let's go somewhere else. Are y'all getting this? I'll do yours. Okay, seven years. Whew, we had her. Boy, did we have her. Yeah, she kicked us out there for a while, but <laughs> she's going to feel... We, we work so hard to mess up all her relationships and get her... Isn't that her? Dang, no, she's... She's so happy with who she is. She's really learned how to pray powerful prayers. She's winning her husband back without a word. I mean, her kids are seriously calling her blessed. Look at all the people listening to her when she's teaching. Because she's just talking about Jesus and loving him. No, that person, they know they're loved by God. And they really realize they're loved by their husband and their children and their friends and even parents and people who weren't able to show that kind of love in some ways. They, they feel that can't be her. That can't be her. Come on, let's go. Unfortunately, some of you, they came back seven times worse. But you can still kick them out. Amen? If you are worse than you were when you started the journey to freedom, you never tore down that house. But you can. Amen? But you can. If you're not as bad, but you haven't overcome completely, you know you've at least been throwing the furniture out. <laughs> Take that wall down. We used, we, we used to, now we're an open floor plan. We used to be individual compartments. Amen? Do you get this? If Satan comes back after you kick him out through all the altar calls, through all the prayers, if he can come back and he can't find you because you are no longer identifying with who he says you are, he has to leave. 
if he can find you. So in the same, Satan's going to try to make you bitter. He's going to try to reset up a situation so you take it all back in, right? See, they're, they're, me, they're, and look how many people, look how many people don't even come to church anymore. You don't realize you are asking the enemy to come back with seven friends. Come on, people. Well, I'm not going back because she wants me to. People, I'm fine. Whether you come back or not, it's not going to affect who I am in Christ. But I do miss people. I just miss people anyway if I don't see them that I care about. And I really, I really don't like it when people miss God. Because I don't want to see the shipwrecks. Amen? Are you cursing us? No, if you're not obeying God and in his will, nobody needs to curse you. You've taken care of it yourself. You're letting the enemy win. It's called pride. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. How many knows he's into humbling? How many knows the test that's going on in the body of Christ right now? The church is failing it. Some of the people who you think are so spiritual, they are failing it. Everything they're saying is not about, it's not about humbling. It's not about being all things, all people, so they might get saved. It's not about, it's, it's about principle and protection and this. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ came down as a human being. He knows how to be humble. We'd rather be antagonistic and take sides and make sides, even in the church and who's this and who. I'm over it. It's not happening. Amen. We have fallen right into it. The most, a lot of the church. There's either the blind church who's not looking at all and lukewarm, or there's the antagonistic, prideful church. And there's some people in fear. Some people are in fear. Some people just are being led by God, or they're just not getting in the game. Amen. Some people are called to take a stand so people can see clearly, but it needs to be done in love and there should be no condemnation and there should be not even one drop of fear attached to it. Amen. Not one drop of fear should be attached to anything that you're researching. Amen. Not one drop of fear should be attached to anything that you're making a stand about. God never operates in fear. He only operates in faith. Amen? And so God's just showing it. He's letting everything be shaken. And some people are going to go through some horrific stuff because they don't realize their pride is showing. And pride and haughtiness. Haughtiness is, I'm better than you because I didn't get the vaccine. I'm better than you because I didn't get COVID. Or I'm better than you because, okay, that's haughty. And I was like, Lord, set me free from any of that. Set me free from judgments. Set me free. But just, I, you do not know, you do not know what God's requiring of each individual to be divinely protected. Somebody could be a baby Christian, just heard the first time about the Passover, just heard the first time about the blood of Christ, and they believe it. And they don't get anything. Then you could have major men and women of God who've been praying for people and healing the sick and raising the dead. And there, some of them died of COVID. Oh, I shouldn't say that word. Dang it. 
I, I try to get these through and see what happens. That's okay. We can edit. Do you see what I'm saying, though? I, I just can't help it. I just talk. I, I just don't do cute sermons. I just, not that other people, nobody do a cute sermon if God has you do a cute sermon. I, I, it's just, especially Tuesday nights, it's called Make It Real. Amen? All right, somebody else, yell out, yell out the strong man. Huh? Poor me. Yeah, poor me. Two people have that strong man in here. A poor me is, is a spirit that starts young and you start comparing yourself to brothers, to sisters, to some other people, and you always fall short. You always fall short. And then you take on all these other things that you're going to be plundering, right? A poor me could take on a spirit of infirmity because then I'll get attention. Or a poor me, well, I'd be the one to get it. Of course, I'd be the one to be sick. A poor me thing always is going to want to murmur and complain and, and just feel like they're not loved and feel like, you know. So, so each of these things can have more than just the, a name, but you kind of know more the thing that really hurts you. That, that's, that a poor me as an identity, a strong man of a poor me is like, it doesn't really matter what you do. It's not going to work. Poor you. Only other people get favor. Only other people get the good jobs. Only other people walk in divine health. Only other people are blessed. And that's where you just got to stop, just like I've watched you been doing, and say, wait a minute. I am blessed of the Lord. I am born again of the spirit of the Most High God. I'm anything but poor. He said he came to the poor in spirit. That's who everybody is before they get born again. I'm born again. So I can't be poor in spirit. If I'm not poor in spirit, then I'm not poor. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, this is where you then begin to build yourself up with his word, which is truth, right? And you build yourself up with his word, with his word, with his word. Okay, the way it works, you bind that thing. So it's like, okay, Lord, I take authority in the name of Jesus over this strong man of poor me. I'm, I'm the victim. Nothing works for me. Whatever it is, I take authority over it now in the name of Jesus. I refuse to agree with it anymore. I refuse to think like it anymore. And it's not having any place in my life. And then you've got to fast it because some of you have given into it so long. Amen. So when you see it coming, you're like, whoa, whoa, uh-uh, that's bound. I'm not talking, mm-mm. I'm not giving into that, uh-uh. And then you build yourself up in what God says about you, amen? Because the real battle that comes is I plunder what the devil has said about me and all the unclean stuff attached to it, amen? I'm throwing it out in the name of Jesus, right? But I'm becoming strong in who I am in Christ Jesus, you want both things happening. You want to you be strong and throw that out. Strong and throw that out. You've got to quit agreeing with it. That's how you bind it. You make it of no effect. So you've got to shut up talking about it. Let me say it real loud. You've got to shut up talking about it. <laughs> Hang out with people who won't talk about it with you. Poor me's going, she just doesn't understand. Let me try to send her another message where she'll feel sorry for me. 
Okay, that didn't work. Let me see if I can get her to feel sorry for me this way. I'm not saying not. We are to have compassion. Okay, compassion changes things. Jesus didn't walk around and say, oh, poor you. Gosh, that's really bad. Jesus said, be healed, be made whole, rise up from the dead. That's what compassion does. Don't you, wouldn't you rather have a pastor with compassion than pity? Amen. I'm praying for more authority and power. But remember, Jesus himself said he couldn't do many healings or miracles because of their unbelief. So if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was completely perfect, couldn't overcome unbelief and doubt in other people, what makes you think anybody, no matter how long the prayer line is, can? And anybody who thinks they can is wrong because if Jesus can't do it, then there's a spiritual law operating. Amen? God can give nothing to a double-minded person. It's a spiritual law. So it doesn't matter if it's the greatest person you've ever seen with signs and wonders and healing and ministry, and you go from place to place to place. If you are double-minded, which means part of you believes what God's saying and part of you believes what the devil's saying, God can't do anything. Because to be double-minded, it actually means double-souled. You've really given into that. It's like a personality thing. Amen? You have to come to a place to agree with God. Does everybody get it? We have to agree with God. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> Hello? Does it need any more reason to agree with somebody than their God? But I'm not, I'm not, under, I'm not underestimating how much the devil's pounded you with lies. Okay? I'm not judging you as less than someone who overcomes easier because we are to compare ourselves to one another. Amen? We're just to build each other up in our most holy faith. We're supposed to believe what God says. But you have to do it. No five-fold minister, no one who calls himself an apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, or pastor can do it for you. They could come alongside you to teach you the word, to encourage you. Amen? They can do some deliverance. Amen? But before we can go after those uh, to plunder that entire house, which means everything Satan's placed in you, you've got to first quit agreeing with the strong man. All right, where's another strong man? Anybody know one that, you've, that God's been showing you? Okay. You know, when you guys say these, you can tell in the sound of it that it's a real deep lie that's been placed in there. And isn't, and I'm not saying this funny, it's amazing because you can say the same thing a different way, but it's that way that it was placed in you, that's that strong man. That's why when you minister, you got to come and see how does, I, I listen to people when I minister, and then I pick up on something they say that sounds strange. And then I go back at that because many times to get to that strong man, you got to get the exact wording. I'm not saying always, but that's why when you talk and when you talk to get free and when you shout it out as hard as it is, you see what I'm saying? Then you can hear it. So we change that lie. So, so we, we say, mm. where we take authority in the name of Jesus, we bind up that lie, that strong man that says, what was it exactly? Everything about me is wrong. Everything about me is wrong. Whew. So Lord, we break, devil, you're such a liar. 
First of all, you're not my judge. Second of all, I'm made in the image of God. How dare you say that everything or even anything about me is wrong? The only thing about me that's wrong are the things that you've done to who I am in, in the image of God. And I'm getting rid of what the enemy's done, led by God. Not to disprove that lie. Okay, everything, every strong man's lie is based on a lie. The, whole, the word stronghold the word stronghold is a lie that you believe is true, okay? That's what you plunder. I got to get rid of these lies that I believe is true. That's why the guys, when you get in your groups, talk. People who don't talk have a harder time hearing this come out of themselves. And when it gets that voice on it, just like I was saying, you're going to be just like me. It had a voice. And that came back at me as I'm going to be I'm going to be just, I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be hateful. I'm going to, you know, everything, it's my fault. You know, all this stuff. And so, so, and a lot of times how you bring it out is how it got in the first time. In other words, something along those words got into your spirit the first time. And so you have to bind that thing up. And then, okay, then when you're tearing it down, when you're plundering the house, when you're getting in your groups or you're looking at the charts, look at it and go to the things that bother you the most about. What do you think is unlovable about you? What do you think is something that you do that's wrong? What do you think that, I can't remember everybody's things, but you see what I'm saying? Then take that sentence, take that actual lie, okay? Take that lie and then look at the different areas of your house or your life where that lie was applied. So for yours, it's like, take it, apply it to your marriage, apply it to relationships, dating relationships before that, apply it to your parenting, apply it to what your parents think. Do you see what I'm saying? And tear that house down. Whew, gosh, this is good, you guys, because this is showing you if I can get to that strong man, which is a very powerful lie that's so strong in you, Satan's trying to build who you are on it instead of who you are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? To plunder that house, you now take that strong, you bound the strong man, okay? I don't believe this anymore. You're bound, devil. Then you go through that house and you say, okay, how does this make me feel about my careers? How does this make me feel about my schooling? How does this make me feel about relationships? How does this make me feel about the way I look? How does this make me feel about... Do you see what I'm saying? Take it through your whole life. Take that lie to your whole life and plunder every place where it's affected what you believe. Gosh, this is good preaching. Does that make sense? Now, if you don't take the time to do it, then you'll just stay there for another 10 years going in little circles, okay? I can't believe I haven't seen this sooner. Forgive me for not seeing sooner that you have to bind that thing and we just made it a cute thing to say. It, it's funny, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And when I read it the first time, when I was, was going to teach something totally different, unclean spirits. And then I saw that in Matthew, whatever, 12, I think. And I thought, dang, what is the strong man? Because Jesus says, unless you go in you cannot get in so guess what if holy spirit is your strong man which means you believe truth the enemy can't get in he can't come in who he can't come in and steal your health he can't come in and steal your relationships 
He can't come in and, and steal what God has for your life. Do you get that? I want Holy Spirit as the strong man in my life. Amen? And everything's going to be based on truth. So I have to bind up the other, the false strong man, quit listening to him, make him of no effect, and plunder, kick out everything he has said, everything, thought that goes through my head. And I mean, some of this could go on for your whole life a little bit, amen? But build up who you are in Christ Jesus that he becomes the strong man of that house. And then when the enemy comes back, he can't see that unloved person. He can't see that poor me person. He can't see that I don't do anything right person. He can't see, you see, he can't even find that. It's so un in your life when he comes back. Does everybody get this? And you do it by plundering the house, which is destroying the power of the lies. Ho! Then you cast those unclean spirits out. What's the unclean spirit? It's the devil attached to that lie. It's the devil attached to that lie that makes you get rejected. It's the devil that's attached to that lie that makes you have to be on meds or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a devil attached to the lies. We kick, we, we break the power of the lies, the two shall set you free, and then we command the unclean spirit to come out. Is this helping anybody? I don't think we're going to have room, time for the groups till we get to this. Let me see this. All right. Mark 1, 23. Whew, I feel this. All right. Mark 1, 22, just to set the scene. Jesus was teaching, and they were astounded at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not just as a scholar. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue. So Jesus just quit teaching. And he had an unclean spirit. Okay, this unclean spirit had him cry out. What have we to do with you, Yeshua of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Yeshua rebuked him saying, quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit after throwing the man into convulsions and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all so amazed that they asked among themselves, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. So this man, this man had an unclean. Remember, unclean means a demonic spirit, an unholy spirit, okay? And now I want you to see this. I want you to see what's happening here. Jesus just taught them with so much authority. They're amazed. It's like, this isn't just some person teaching. How does this person know this? Where does he get this authority? Where does he get this power? The devil in this man couldn't stand, couldn't stay hidden. Okay? The devil in this man couldn't stay hidden because of that kind of authority and power. How many want to see this come in the apostolic outpouring of God? Amen. But people be running out the doors. People don't want to even touch. Right now, people don't even want to touch anything supernatural. They want to just medicate you. You know what I mean? And then you got so many people playing with devils instead of walking that authority. Now, Jesus took that one out because he had to have seen the Father doing it, right? And Jesus was the truth to set him free. So that doesn't tell us exactly what, what does it tell us about that? He was in the synagogue. 
He was in the teaching. This was a guy who goes to church. And he couldn't keep that unclean spirit hidden when that powerful presence of God came. How many know the church is going to be a pretty wild place soon? Everybody except going to like it. Come on. Everybody's. You embarrassed me. You cast that out. You said I had a demon. <laughs> and that demon, though, recognized that power on Jesus. And the demon's like kind of giving away some of the <laughs> secrets of God, right? Why are you here to destroy us? We know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. I want to get so anointed by God that demons know who I am. Just like, and that's biblical. They knew who Paul was. They even said, we know who Jesus is. Who are you? So we got to get them out. Amen? So they're not saying, I'm not afraid of you. I still live inside of you. My cousin's in you. (laughs) I got an entire family in you. (laughs) I come to your house for parties. (laughs) Amen? Be holy because he's holy. We've got to go through a time of real deliverance. We've got to humble ourselves. Amen? Some people are really afraid. I don't want to go to church and what if this thing comes up and I start acting crazy? We've got to get to where I don't care. I just want to be free. Amen? I just want to be free. I, I don't want to be mocked. I don't want to be made um, a videotape. Like the time we got that person really free from a lot of demonic stuff, we didn't videotape it. I almost wish we did just for training purposes. Oh my gosh, that was really powerful. But not to exploit it. Not to try to get people to come in to see, you know. A lot of people are going to be really afraid when that kind of power comes. Amen? And that's what we see. It's like, Lord, I, I want this kind of thing. But I want you to see something. And I've heard people say, well, when they come, when demons can't even come in the place. That is such a lie. Demons come in the place because Jesus Christ walked in all the authority that anyone's ever walked on the earth, right? And he was in a church service and demons came in when he, when he was teaching. So you've heard that prideful thing. Well, there can be no demons here. You've got to be kidding. Demons are all around where Jesus was preaching. They're all around you. You just don't know it. You don't discern it. You don't stop it because you probably got some unclean stuff in you. Amen? And so, so it's going to be pretty wild when the apostolic power comes, isn't it? It's going to be a pretty wild time. And then you're going to have to be led of God. You don't want the whole thing to be deliverance and you never finish what you're preaching and teaching. I do think there was the authority on this too because the man didn't scream and yell out when Jesus was teaching. This was after he finished. And then the father, you know, I, I think Holy Spirit just pushed that demon to the surface to set this man free and to prove, to finish what they're saying. Who is this man? What's he doing? They're like, oh my gosh. And, and the Lord said to him, be quiet and come out of him. So I want you to learn how to do this too. Don't get in a discussion with the devil, okay? Start with not having discussions with devils in your head. Okay? That's called torment. When you are talking to devils in your head, it's called torment. You don't have to go through torment. You cast down those imaginations. You call, get help, whatever you want to do. Don't. Whenever you talk to a devil and communicate with the devil and the devil is in charge of the conversation, 
you're empowering that devil. Okay. When a devil is in charge of the conversation, you are empowering that devil. Amen? Now, if God wants to get in charge of a conversation and say, who are, who are you? And have that man say how many demons are. So, so we, have, we have examples, right, of Jesus asking that, telling that devil to say who he was, right? Which means, as a minister, I can talk to a devil in the authority of Christ when he wants me to, right? And I can tell it to shut up when it's trying to be in charge of the conversation. Okay. Mm. Now, some of y'all get mad at me. And I'm teaching because I'm teaching people who are ministers and all too, and some of you are going to be ministers. When somebody has a devil, whether they know it or not, and they're trying to make you listen to them, and you know it's a devil, and God's like, you're not listening to this. Okay? Guess what? Don't listen to it. Now, when God starts opening people's eyes, this is going to hurt some people's feelings, right? Jesus didn't minister based on what people were saying. He ministered based on what Holy Spirit was doing. Amen? And I really do that a lot. Okay? I can't wait till God sends more people. I don't, we keep fine-tuning all this. Lord, help us. Amen? But as you mature and grow, you want to hear God. You don't want to hear the devil in people or their opinions or what they're trying to say or what they're trying to do. Now, the person doesn't know it. So I, I'm not saying I'm always the best at, well, I don't know, Jesus just told him to shut up, but, um, I mean, nobody saw, they just saw a man talking, right? They just saw a man talking, and Jesus, like, shut up, come out of him, amen? Um, so, we've got to get sensitive when we minister. If you lead a group, you can't let somebody with the Spirit take off talking. I know before when I've done deliverance, or if you get, if you get somebody who really is playing games, like, they're really into pornography or garbage and stuff but they want to come to church and they're you know trying they're they're hypocrites they're they're playing a game not ones who are really getting free but i'm talking about ones who who know they're playing games and all of us now can name a few people who've been through this ministry playing these games they like to talk about their unclean stuff in groups it's like they that spirit likes to put that garbage out there and so you've got to discern and tell it shut up Like, so, so you've got to know what is talking. Is this a human being talking or is this a demonic spirit talking? The human being is, can talk. Amen. And they don't need to talk sometimes too. You don't need to hear the whole bunch of murmuring and everything. Amen. Let's God tells you to listen. Amen. But you never, ever, ever are going to help them or yourself if a devil is talking through them. Amen. So you really have to get discerning of spirits and you can't have, you know, it's like true ministry really takes, you know, yielding to Holy Spirit, even if people don't like you. Now, look what look what God has me doing. So you can see why the enemy wanted to make me mean. Amen. Because if I over if I if I in my own self tried to be nice. All right then I would miss what God has called me to do to open people's eyes to where they're blind to what's got them in bondage. Amen? Open the eyes of the blind. You can't do that when you're conversing with demons and the person think it's, thinks it's them. Amen? 
Just, you can't do it. And so you've got to hit it hard. And Jesus hit it hard to wake them up. Okay? And it can really cause anybody, some of y'all know I've done that. And it really, it makes you mad because that devil, you're so identifying with that devil and what it's saying that it's opening your blind eyes like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why? Because you can't get free till you can separate from something. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be able to walk away from that strong man and say, wait a minute. Why was I doing that? You know, what was, what was, what's going on? Okay. You have to separate. So, so really deliverance ministry of really helping people who don't see in certain areas correct. It's not a cutesy little thing. Amen. And so, so do you guys think you can see why the enemy tries to make you a certain way because he's, he's thinking, okay, well, if we can get her to not do that difficult part of her calling, then she won't be effective. Then we'll just have a, we'll have a minister who can preach the word and, you know, but we won't, she won't be able to be someone who can bring deliverance. If she can't get in the face of the devil and tell it to shut up, if she can't cast it out in the name of Jesus and, and really not put up with mess, then, then she won't be able to be effective. So you see, that's what the enemy, he knows these things somehow. He's like, well, let's, okay, let's start working on her and make her feel mean and make her and get other people, you know, a lot of the people, not a lot, a few of the people will leave out here and go, she's a bully, she's this and that. It's like, and they're all messed, most of them are really messed up. Because they go from place to place where nobody's going to deal with what needs to be dealt with. Amen? Can I promise you, I'm dealing with it. I, if we're a small group or a big group, I don't care. I just want to be a clean group. Amen. I want to be a clean group that love God. Amen. And, and, and so this is just how he does it here. I think the day will come when, when these seats will all be filled and it'll be more in small groups. Many of you will be doing this. Amen. But we're such a small church. I've known some of you for so long that um, I, I really just don't have time or really a desire led by God to spend all my personal life with you doing this all the time, except for a few of you, huh, Margaret? Anyway, but, um, <laughs> amen? I mean, usually, let's go on a missions trip. Oh, my gosh, Lord, what are we doing? Hey, let's do this. Oh, my gosh, Lord, what are we doing? Amen? So I, I just want you to, you just get it, because God wants all of us to be able to move in this. With your children, sometimes you're going to have to stop what the enemy's trying to say, especially when torment gets in there, tries to take off with it. Amen. Jesus just jumped right through this and said, shut up and come out of him. Amen. So y'all like, yes, if it'll come out, do it, do it. Well, this man was already hurt. We don't know what Jesus, we don't know what Jesus just got done preaching, right? He probably preached for hours. Whatever truth he was releasing, this man was getting free. Uh, that's why those demons are like, oh, no, what are you doing here? They're, they're thinking Christ isn't going to come till the end of it all, I guess. You know, whatever. Say, Satan doesn't know everything, does he? His kingdom doesn't know everything, does he? They're always in Jesus' face like, how many know Jesus looked like Jesus when he was the word before he had the name Jesus? Amen. It won't be so fun when we get to see him face to face. Won't it be so fun? Yay! I guess everybody's going to come down here and probably be casting out a bunch of demons there <laughs> for during that millennium thing at the beginning part. Okay, let's get this all cleaned out. Oh, Lord, help us. All right.
All right, so um, the other thing I was going to make clear here, because I'm teaching leaders at the same time, It is a very prideful thing when people have said, and I've heard them say it, well, when I minister deliverance, um, the devil's not allowed to do anything. This is Jesus Christ, okay? The son of the living God. And when he cast this ma- the demons out of this man, that devil was ticked off and threw the man on the floor and convulsed him and everything else before it came out. Okay? So, whatever... They're real. They can operate in certain ways and show things. The big thing is Jesus didn't make a big deal about that, but he kept it in there, right? And the thing had to leave. All right. So we'll look at the one maybe next week about sending them into the pigs. All right. Okay. Anybody have any questions? Let me ask this. Raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to tell me. So don't worry, because I know you guys, you'll be like, I did it in my hand. Raise your hand if you've got a pretty good idea of who the strong man is now. And you've got a little bit of excitement, you're going to be able to bind him. Raise your hands. Yay, yay. And some, some who haven't, um, some of you are new, so you haven't come that much, and you'll catch on and get it. And some of you who've been a long time, I could probably tell you <laughs> what they are. But you just have to stop and say, what is the lie that closes you down? What is the lie that makes you feel like you don't fit in? What is the lie or whatever? What is it? And it probably came originally from a parent. It probably came originally from somebody in authority. who they weren't even trying to do that. They probably felt like that themselves. Amen. And then what happens to make it a strong man, and that's why you plunder the house, then teachers say it. Then Sisters or brothers say it. Then, boy, if you got society also saying it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It builds it up and builds it up and builds it up till Satan thinks, ha ha, I've got you. You're going you're gonna to act like I want you to act. You're going to, so all, if you're trying to be so good to disprove it, all your good works are because you're trying to disprove a lie. Amen? We don't have to disprove a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. So if I spend my whole life doing good works and religious works and being a good person and being a good mom, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't be a good mom. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't be a good person. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what the devil does then too. He plays this flip game. So he takes credit for the stuff that God put in you that was for God's glory. And God's like, just don't have anything to do with him. Who cares? Who cares if he's going to take credit? Who cares? And that's where you can really see who you are, the parts about your life, the parts about what you do that you like. Amen? And it's okay. You know, God put that. I, I'll tell you, I used to get, even I had a, a, pro, a prophet come one time and call me a blabbermouth. I used to always be called, um, can you imagine? But the devil always, and then what did I used to say as a kid? Well, I'm not going to say anything anymore. I will say everything God wants me to say and the idle chatter he can deal with. Amen. And I'll repent and I'll stop. Amen. See, Satan is scared of my mouth going. And ever since I was a little kid, he's been trying to shut me up and make me make inner vows. Well, I'll never say anything more. Break the power of inner vows. Okay. Inner vows is coming in agreement with the devil of how you're going to act. Okay, well, I'm not going to say that. Then you become passive aggressive and you just feel demons flying all around you. (laughs) Amen. 
Amen. I, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to be who he wants me to be. I'm excited to watch that unfold. Amen. I'm excited to be. I, you, you're like, well, I like being quiet. Well, good. Maybe that's who he made you to be. Amen. Praise God. Maybe the best listener on the planet. Praise God. Amen. Yay. It's for his glory. Who did he make you to be for his glory? And Satan's going to do everything he can. Get this. Satan's going to do everything he can. There's only two ways he can work this. He can either try to make you not be that, or he can try to take credit for that. Okay? So, so that's the part. And you've got, to, you've got to get out of all that. So let's say, let's say you're, you're proving that you're somebody worth being around because somebody made you feel like you're not worth being around. So you use everything you have. You, you, you give things away all the time. You help people all the time. You know, everything you do is you want, you're the fun person. You're somebody everybody wants to be around because you you're, you're running from the lie that nobody wants to be around you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, the generosity is probably from God, but Satan's gotten a hold of it. The, the being a fun person is probably from God, but Satan's gotten a hold of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Either way, it stops you from the anointing. It stops you from glorifying God with it. And, and it keeps you thinking you created yourself into somebody that people wants to be around. Amen? I know we've done this. You know, we've done this for years, haven't we? Lord, help us. But when all of you raise your hands and say, we're free, we're free, they've got to bring the whole doors will open. Crowds will come in and you all will help them. Amen? Right. Anybody else? So, so how many of you, once again, raise your hand if you pretty much got a good idea who the strong man is. Pretty many. Okay. You're young. So this is a good time to kick him out. Amen? This is a good time to kick him out. Man, just to grow up and have that over and that devil out and being able to just glorify God. Praise God. Amen? All right, now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 